0: Paralympics checkup I'm Ed Hula with this edition of Around the Rings radio we're closing in on the one year to go mark for the Tokyo 2020 Paralympics more than 4,400 athletes are expected for the program August 25th marks the one-year date an occasion for which planning is underway as we will hear from Andrew Parsons International Paralympic Committee president a regular guest on ATR radio Welcome, Andrew Parsons, thanks for joining us today.
1: Hi, uh, thank you very much.
0: You're coming to us today from IPC headquarters in in, in Bonn, Germany, that's correct? It's correct, I'm in Bonn since the last Wednesday, so I'm spending some time here with the team. I mentioned one year to go is coming up. I imagine plans are underway for that to be a a big event to mark in Tokyo this coming August.
1: Yeah, well, we were one uh, 500 days to go from for the Paralympic Games and the preparations are going really well, if I may say. It's been very, a very good partnership with Tokyo 2020 with the different levels of government in Japan and, and in the Tokyo metropolitan area. Very good uh, uh, interaction also with the, the partners from, from Japan, so there is a lot of excitement on the private sector. Uh, The Japanese Paralympic team is looking very good, which is always important to have a very strong uh, host nation team. So, you know, we have some difficulties as in any other edition of the games, but I would say that we are really much looking forward to being in Tokyo because this promised to be amazing Paralympic Games.
0: Uh, What kind of difficulties are you experiencing? I know you had problems getting enough hotel rooms for the Visitors coming for the Paralympic Games, suitable, suitably adapted rooms. Um, how is that going?
1: Yeah, well, I think this is the main issue that we have at this moment in time is the accessible accommodation. Because of the legislation in Japan, if you have more, or 50 rooms or more, it's you have one room. One, you have to have one accessible room as per the Japanese legislation. But if you have, for example, 500 rooms, it's the same accessible room that you have to have. So, uh, and also the level of what is considered an accessible room in Japan is a bit different from what is considered an accessible room in different parts of the world. So, uh, but we are working uh, with the organizing committee with the TMG to see what we can do with the inventory of rooms that we have. Uh, but the good news is that w- the legislation in Japan will change as the legacy of the, of the game. So, you know, hotels, a new hotels will have to be built with different standards and
0: with a different number of hotel rooms, of accessible rooms. Not in time for these Paralympic Games, but in time for, for the future, for better, better conditions in Japan for the future, for people who need those kinds of hotel rooms. Yeah. Yeah it's it's for the future that you know the law will come into effect after the game so
1: because of the all the all the processes that we have they need to do in 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 Japan to approve the law and so but yeah we will with the current uh, hotel rooms that we have we will try to find some uh, operational solutions or if we can adapt anything that we already have and we try to work and help Tokyo 2020 to our partners media and so because it's not it it has nothing to do with the athletes the athletes will stay at the village of course and the village is absolutely accessible it was designed to be absolutely accessible but it's for other clients that we have at the game so we'll try to uh, help them to, to, to face these challenges and to minimize the any, any bad experience that they could have from a lack of accessible hotel room.
0: How many rooms are we talking about? How many rooms do you forecast you would need to provide? Uh, and from top of my head, I can't remember because we had these
1: divided in you know, all so many different groups and so that I can... Uh, but we are going to the Coordination Commission in May from the 21st to the 23rd where we will have more news about it and we'll see how many rooms they already got and how, my, how many rooms we still will need to... Uh, if not make them accessible, but you know help to minimize the the the, the experience, the bad experience that we might have. But from the top of my head, I can't remember the number now.
0: You are getting we're getting ready to uh, go into the test event schedule in full force in Tokyo. Uh, what are the big test events that you're looking forward to for the uh, Paralympic Games? Well, I think the biggest event and uh, biggest test
1: event that we always have for the games is athletics. Because it's probably our most complex sport—the different types of, of disabilities, different classes, and you know the different uh, everything happening at the same time. Field, track, and so normally it's the most uh, complex sport of the game. So uh, when we test, and normally it's, it's the last test event that we have because it needs a level of maturity from games from the operations that is normally the big test. Normally is in the year of the Paralympic Games as it's going to happen now. and But this is the one we are
0: really looking for because closer to the Games, there's a big venue and the complexity of it. This will be in the new Tokyo, the, the new national stadium that's under construction in Tokyo. And, of course, it won't be ready until just, uh, just a few months before the Olympics and Paralympics. Uh, there will be test events this summer, though, as well. Smaller test events. It will, um, I guess, test to see how... The Paralympic activities are integrated, working well with the uh, overall organizing committee of uh, of the Tokyo Tokyo Games.
1: Yeah, well, we have different uh, in everything, every sport that we have test events. We try to to test different elements of it. So, in, uh, some, in some sports, it's the accessibility of the venue. In some other sports, it's uh, like the technology aspect of it. So. We don't have test events in all the sports, uh, but what we try is to maximize experience and test different elements across a number of sports and uh, replicate uh, uh, the learnings to, to the other sports. Uh, and of course, it's, it's when a when test event is open to the Japanese public, it's also a way to promote the Paralympic Games and test the reaction of the Japanese population uh, when it comes across Paralympic sport for the first time,
0: for example. And how about ticket sales? What are your expectations for how those will be handled in Tokyo?
1: Well, I think we come from two Paralympic Summer Games where we had completely different experiences like uh, London and Rio. So I think we have learned a lot from that, from those experiences. And uh, we are help, helping Tokyo to come with the right, we help them to come with the right strategy. So we have these milestones events, so we will have the one year to go event. Uh, We have some, we have the test events, but fundamentally we need good promotion from not only from Tokyo 2020, but also from the levels of government, from the partners and and the media when it comes to the games. Because normally, uh, if you think on Rio, for example, we have of a very good number of tickets, but this was at the very last moment, and of course this brings some tension to the organizers and to the IPC. So we will like we don't like to we would not like to see that again. So we are pushing a lot to 2020 to promote, to promote specifically the ticket sales with the, uh, with a lot of information about the different sports, the venues, the sessions, the 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 t- the, the prices, the, the different uh, types of of seats available in the in the given venue. So the more information uh, the people have, the easier for them to make choices and start buying the tickets and. Uh, so it, we learned a lot from the past, and we hope that Tokyo will uh, be different and we'll have uh, good crowds, but also that the tickets are, uh, are so not,
0: I'd say, so close to the Games. And uh, not exactly maybe a, a technical difficulty, but we remember from the Paralympics in Brazil in 2016, your, your native Brazil, how there was a great... Deal of anxiety about whether there would be a- a enough money left to to, to fi- finance and and to conduct the Paralympic Games after the Olympic Games uh, in Tokyo. Is it a different situation? Are you going to be worried about a budget next year, or has that been assured?
1: No, no, no. We have. Uh, uh, we, we are not concerned about the budget. What we the only the concern we have expressed. Uh, uh, about budget in, in, in the recent past is more to have more clarity uh, on, the, on the specific of the elements of the budget because then we can plan for the, well, first of all, help IOC uh, in this effort to, to minimize the cost and have games that are more uh, sustainable. But uh, at the same time, we can then try to find solutions and work together with the IOC to key solutions. So that we can minimize the cost, but it deliver rates at, at the highest level. But when it comes to availability of funding for, to, to deliver the games, we don't have, we are not concerned. Uh, 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 when it comes, you know, at this time we talk of 2020,
0: not even close to the situation we face in the leader to Rio. The Paralympic Torch Relay details have been announced just in the uh, past, uh, past few days here. It will start traditionally as it does in in England and then head to Japan. Can you tell us a little bit about the uh, torch relay?
1: Well, I think the torch relay is a a super important moment for us. First of all, the torch torch looks beautiful. It's probably one of the most beautiful uh, designs I have ever seen in a Paralympic torch. But it's an important moment when we kind of change the key from an Olympic to the Paralympic mode. In the country, so I'm really happy that we are going to different parts of Japan, not only Tokyo, because we really, really need really to have the country behind the Paralympics, understanding that it's part of the overall festival of sport. But at the same time, that you know, it's the Paralympics, it's it, it, the show, the show is going on, but it's, it's the Paralympics, it's the Paralympic movement, athletes with disabilities. So it's a different, uh, i would say, it's a different environment, it's a different mode, but. An integral part of this festival of sports, but it helps a lot to really uh, focus the attention of the people uh, of the country in the Paralympics. It, 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 it has been the case in in, well, in London, in Rio, and also in, the, in Sochi and Pyeongchang, just to mention the last edition of the Paralympics.
0: How will the, the, the runners for the Paralympic torch relay be chosen for Tokyo?
1: Well, it's always a combination of uh, of people from the the different cities are uh, people chosen by uh, the partners, the commercial partners, uh, people from the movement uh, on an international level, but you have a lot of activation from the partners and athletes. So it's, it's some organizations they have kind of slots, such as the commercial partners, uh, but some uh, the IPC has its slots and then each organization comes with a different criteria. To appoint the torchbearers, but uh, what I can tell you, there is that there's a lot of excitement around that, and normally people uh, they are really <laughs> anxious before, you know, every organization announces uh, the names of their torchbearers. is is an amazing experience. I had the privilege to to be part of it for some of uh, of previous torch relays uh, in Sochi, Rio, and, and so on, and it's am- it's an amazing experience. It's very short. It takes about or three minutes but it's an unforgettable experience so every organization has a criteria uh, and you have a number of slots allocated to different organizations different stakeholders of the
0: games one big difference between the rio 2016 paralympics and tokyo 2020 at least at this stage is that russian athletes will be competing in these paralympic games what 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 has to happen for that to happen
1: well, we have published our our ring statement criteria, and there are some general criteria, but uh, some sport-specific criteria as well, depending on the uh, on the risk of the sport when it comes to anti-doping. So, uh, well, it's not news for anyone that, for example, para power, powerlifting is the sport that we are demanding a, a, a bigger number of tests prior to the qualifying. Uh, uh, but not only the qualifying period, but also prior to the Paralympic Games itself. So, I think if they follow the post reinstatement criteria, and there's a lot of, you know, it will take more than an hour to go through every single criteria, but basically they have to follow the the, what the rules, they have to comply with international standards, they have to, to follow these strict criteria when it comes to number of tests. And, and making the information of their, about their efforts available to the IPC and the international federations, uh, because what we in the decision we announced last January, the, the IPC governing board still has the right to, if anything is not, it doesn't go according to 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 the plan or to the criteria, we can impose and we can suspend Russian Paralympic Committee again until the 31st December 2022. So. Uh, We believe that we will not have to do that. We believe that Russia Paralympic Committee will comply with all the the established criteria as they as they did in 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 throughout throughout this process. That's that's why we took the initiative of uh, lifting the suspension provisionally lifting the suspension in
0: last on last January. Well, we announced last January. Actually, took place now in March the world Anti doping Agency is going to elect a, a new president this year. The world anti doping Conference is going to be held in in, in Poland where other matters involving the anti doping code will be discussed and voted upon. what anti doping issues does uh, does the International Paralympic Committee have these days, and does it have an interest in who is elected the uh, new president of of wada
1: well well we have we have kind of the <coughs>
0: On the same issues as any
1: other sport, you know, we have to invest a lot in education and in testing, um, and this is uh, of course not only at on international level but national level. So we work with the different national anti-doping agencies and, the, and of course, with WADA. Uh, we see different trends across different sports, as in, for example, in Olympic sport. Uh, but we don't have, uh, because of the population of athletes that we serve, in this in specific, uh, 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 I would say, element when it comes to anti-doping. Uh, we have the problem of boosting, but this is not, uh, I would say, it's not considered anti-doping, but it's a prohibited method, which is an after who hurts himself or herself to produce a reaction from the body. Normally this is uh, someone who, who has a uh, 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 disability like paraplegia, quadriplegia, so they for themselves to provoke this kind of reaction, but apart from that, when it comes to substances and methods, we have the same challenges as any other uh, sporting movement. Uh, when it comes to the election, uh, I am a member of the WADA Foundation board, but the way the election is going to happen, uh, if, if I'm not mistaken, because this time the president will come from the, from the government side. Uh, of, of the foundation board and and so they will come up with a very'll i say defined position. so we'll probably have only one candidate for president, at least is what they have described to us in um, in the meeting in Baku. so let's see they, it, it will be their time to to choose uh, whoever they think is the best candidate. and well just let's just hope that we can have uh, uh, with under the new presidency you know again more constructive debate. After all, you know, I don't think anyone is less or more interested in fight uh, against doping. I think we all are, and we want all want clean sport. Uh, so I don't. I I believe that wherever the government decides that should be their candidate, we will have a very good and strong name.
0: The IPC itself is in 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 a search mode, or has been for a a new uh, C- CEO to take the place of Xavier Gonzalez, who's, who's retiring. How is that going?
1: Yes, uh, we, will, we are at the moment in the process of appointing the, the search firm that will support us through this process. Uh, at the time, uh, for the time being, we have uh, our interim CEO, who is Mike Peters, who he was our COO. CEO. Uh, so you know we expect to announce something uh, under the new the name of the new CEO prior to our general assembly in October here in Bonn. So we would like to the sooner we understand that the sooner the better, but we believe that it is such an important process for the organisation after seventeen years with with Charlie Gonzalez being our CEO that we we will take the necessary time to find the most suitable candidate. But we would like to take the opportunity of the General Assembly where we have all the membership gathered here in Bonn to to announce and to, to make the new CEO, whoever he or she is, to interact with our membership.
0: And the IOC is about to select a host city for the 2026 Winter Olympics and Paralympics between Stockholm, Sweden, and Milan, Italy. Uh, there's been a representative from the IPC Accompanying the evaluation commission over the past month, it's made visits to those two cities. Um, is the uh, IPC have any favorite in this race as it um, looked at either 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 bid to see if there's more or less work that needs to be done in either place?
1: Well, I'm in a difficult position because I'm the IPC president, but I'm also an IOC member, so I vote. On the on the election of the host city, so I will not.
0: I will not That's like why to... your opinion is very <laughs> important here.
1: <laughs> no, so I, I I prefer not to speculate at this point in time because. Uh, but yes, we have a, a representative at the, at the evaluation commission. It's uh, Murphy Davies. She she is a former alpine skier, so uh, it's it's good to have a, her perspective on on the two bids. And we of course we have our team. Uh, uh, that has uh, has been visiting uh, uh, both um, big cities, well, big countries and cities. So uh, the more information we can have, the better to make a proper decision. Of course, will, I'm still gathering uh, a lot of information and trying to make the best decision for, in this case, as I have seen members not only for the Paralympic movement, but also for the Olympic movement. Uh, but I can't say that we have a preferred uh, city or preferred candidate city at this point in time.
0: Yeah. Uh, word has come that there will be para games coming to Africa for the first time next year in 2020. Are you happy about that kind of development? Well, I'm,
1: I'm, I'm over the moon with that announcement. I was there in for the for the signing of the agreement between the Moroccan government and the African Paralympic Committee. Africa is a priority for the IPC. There is a lot of potential there. Uh, I strongly believe on the role that the regions' uh, games uh, they play in offering uh, a good pathway for for athletes and for para athletes. So I think this is a very important step uh, to Africa uh, to have the games organized, not exactly back to back because it will be there will be a. a, a Uh, a period of a few months between the All-African Games and the African Paragames, but it's by the same organizing committee in the same whole city. So we hope that this will set a precedent as it happened in the Americas when Rio 2007 uh, took that initiative and after a few editions, it became something that is an obligation of any whole city, Uh, like the games now in Lima in 2019 or Santiago in 2023. We hope that Africa will follow the same path and then in a, in a few years, it will be mandatory for any city who wants to organize the All-African Games that they could, they have to organize, the All-African the Paragames. That will be a dream, a dream that will come true if that happens one day and that's what we are really working hard for that to happen.
0: And as a South American, a Brazilian, you must take particular interest and pride in the Parapans coming to Lima later on this year.
1: Yes, we have been following the preparations uh, very close uh, because in the Americas Paralympic Committee we, we, the IPC plays a different role because it's not an independent uh, member of the IPC so we, are very, we work very closely with them and we have been visiting and, 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 and working with the Lima Organizing Committee. We are aware of some of the challenges there from an operational point of view but also the, the venues are being deleted right now So we have great expectations to those games, it is an important uh, element of the pathway and of the qualification process for Tokyo 2020. So yes, I'm looking forward to those games. I will be there in Lima to support uh, the organizers, the the America's Paralympic Committee, and I'm sure that they will deliver great games with a very uh, South American Pacific uh,
0: flavor. Well, thank you very much for joining us today. Andrew Parsons, President of the International Paralympic Committee and IOC member. We've covered a lot of ground. There's a lot going on in the world of the Paralympics. It's obvious, Andrew.
1: Well, there's a lot going on all the time. So it's, it's great to, to have the opportunity to share this information with, with, uh, with your followers, with your audience, and always good to talk to you, Ed. Thanks a lot for the opportunity.
0: You're always welcome. We look forward to joining, having you join us soon again, Andrew. Best wishes. Thanks a lot. Take care. And that's this latest edition of Around the Rings Radio. I'm Ed Hula. Your best source of news about the Olympics is AroundTheRings.com.